whatchamacallit, the super reactionary way of, of, of fandom. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess also fans of actual teams and also fans of other teams just trying to like, you know, spoil the party of other teams. And also like media, like media likes to play innocent. I'm talking about traditional media. Um, and also, you know, um, new age uh, media too. But they like to play innocent, like, oh, the fans and all these reactionary, but they're part of it too, you know? Like when Nunez wasn't scoring, they were talking about it. And then after the community showed, it became, wow, Haaland missed all those sitters. And Nunez looked so good. But then I think some, I don't know if Liverpool fans were scared because because uh, of how people were talking about Darwin New Year's performance because everyone was like, they really, because of the price tag of how much they paid for him. But I mean, season is about to start. So let's see how. I, yeah. I, I mean, look, both teams are pretty much changing their style to have that central forward, you know, that, uh, that center forward, that central striker. Mm. And I was watching, you know, uh, an analysis of the play uh, of uh, of both teams after the game, and he said that for City in particular, you could tell that they're still finding their feet playing with a central stri- striker in the mm. vein of uh, of Haaland. Uh, that said a lot of times he said they noticed that Haaland was making runs, but the passes weren't coming to him fast enough because City are used to maybe passing diagonally rather than just straight through like that. And so a lot of times. Right those passes didn't get to him but he said what but they still made some passes that just weren't fast enough so but well, as they play more it's it's gonna they're, they're gonna get used to it and and with the chance i mean he still got like three or four really good chances yeah he just yeah. on a day he just skied it <laughs> didn't happen to score today on yeah. any other day he probably would have scored all three i mean and, and I know p- people were making noise on Nunez this, but then people saying, "Oh, Nunez has one goal," and now Haaland. It, it, I have a feeling that this whole season is just people with their pen and paper ready, like, "Oh, Haaland missed three sitters today." Oh, uh, Nunez missed this, and then probably at the end of the season they're like, "See, they they're not that good. They paid all this money." <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see how people, because I feel like that's already the narrative that's gonna cause Holland versus Nunez, City it, versus Liverpool. It's already know. the narr the uh, the narrative. There's narratives everywhere, even in in North London. The narrative is a uh, is a uh, Gabriel he- uh, Jesus and Richarlison. Yeah. Even though both players have actually been brought for different reasons to both teams, it doesn't make that much sense to. Uh, to sort of uh, compare them, even though they're similar players, so it, it, it's just how we fandoms are. We always want to think that we're better. Like was it? I was watching the best of enemies on DR Sports, and then I think Don Robbie said something that I think the first ten out of the first thirteen games for Arsenal are being televised, and I think for Spurs it's like less than half of that. And then it was like because that's a big club. But I said with there's some truth to it. Yeah, to More a certain extent. More people watch Arsenal than Spurs. But it's still, it's a very silly it's, thing yeah, yeah. to brag about. But, but yeah, and with that, welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, G-Day. And I'm John. And the season is upon us. We just had the 
community show this past Sunday, which was, uh, well, I know people called it a friendly, but it's never friendly between Manchester City and Liverpool at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. It was on, on Saturday, actually, because the women's Euros was a Sunday. Yeah. But I know people are saying it's friendly, but I'm just saying it, was, it wasn't a friendly. You don't... If, no. If, if no one told you it was a community show that you were watching that game, you would have thought it was... Yeah, it was a real game. Yeah, it was the middle of the season and they're going for it. Yeah. And in my opinion, you know, uh, Liverpool deserved win because it seemed like they were more physically fit and prepared uh, for the game compared to Manchester City. But it seemed like Manchester City did grow in the game in the second half. And um, it was it was a good precursor to the start of the Premier League season, I would say. You know, two of the, the highest performing, some of the highest performing teams in the entire uh, world. And um, yeah, they, they, they looked good, um, you know. Um, so I have not too much to say about that besides the whole Nunez-Holland thing. But yeah, um, bring on the season, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, oh, we have a bunch of stuff to to go through, and finally at the end, I guess we would give our uh, predictions for the season. Everyone is doing that, and you know, it's like the the league starts in uh, in four days. Yeah, Ooh, wow, four days. I still remember the season ending. I remember the last game of the seasons. Yeah, and it's it's been a short summer, but uh, hey. Yeah, so as well, we already touched on the Community Shield. And uh, the other really interesting preseason game was uh, Arsenal just for some reason deciding to destroy Sevilla in the in the Emirates Cup. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting that scoreline. Yeah, um, I woke up about halfway, I think 60 minutes into the game, and I saw the scoreline was like... 4 nil or something and I was like yeah Arsenal was 4 nil up in, in like 20 minutes, minutes. I, I mean uh, I mean listen Sevilla were a shambles uh, to be honest and yeah they they definitely didn't didn't look as sharp or as uh, I guess maybe they're not that far along in their preseason training so so that might be the reason why but still to Arsenal were just no, ready they were just no one likes losing by that sort of scoreline whether it's preseason or any time it, yeah. it it just didn't look good yeah they looked completely frustrated um you know th- we and it was because Arsenal made them make so many mistakes they pressed them very high and they forced a lot of errors and i think um the formation was dynamic in that you know the front 3 Gabriel Jesus, um, Saka, and Martinelli are all able to switch, which is something we can see yes, that Arteta wants. They were switching a lot. I remember watching that game. At some point, I saw Martinelli in the middle, and Jesus was on the left. And another time, I saw Martinelli was on the right, and then Saka was on the left, and Jesus was through the middle. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does make it uh, difficult for you know, defenders to keep track of who they're covering. And, and their attack was very, very reminiscent of how pretty much City playing like it was gabriel and saliba who were like the two furthest back and then zinchenko thomas Partey, and uh, ben white with the three in front of them and then it was like a five attacking uh, it was um, it was like a two three two three five five so Xhaka and odegaard were also like as far forward as the other uh as jesus as jesus 
Martinelli and Saka. Yeah, so it made for a really, you know, and uh, one thing Arsenal fans complained about last season was a lack of uh, not just creativity, but um, being able to uh, finish off chances and having so many uh, players that are creative in the final third of the pitch really gives you more opportunity to, to break down a lot of teams, especially the teams that like to have those low blocks. So, yeah, no, it, it was a really good performance, and like I said, uh, Jesus got a hat trick, and even Eddie Nketiah came on and added the the gloss on it with his goal made four for six. It, it was it, it looked very good. They looked very sharp. Like I said, it's yeah. still, you know. Um, I mean, now like the said, the challenge is uh, translating that into the league on on Friday night, the first game of the season, um, the opener for the season. Yeah, I believe that is uh, Crystal Palace away. Yes, Crystal Palace versus Arsenal under the Friday night lights at uh, Selhurst Park. I mean. For the first time in a long time, um, what I'm gauging from a lot of Arsenal fans is that they are excited for the first game of the season. And even though it's a hard game away, um, I'm probably one of the toughest fixtures away of the season. It, the fans are genuinely excited from what they've seen so far and, and the signings that they have. Yeah, I would say it's the first time there in a long time that there is some positivity going into this into the season. I think the last time there was some sort of positivity or at least some sort of a little bit of, of excitement was right after Arsene Wenger retired and Unai Emery came in because for the Arsenal fans, it was like a bit of an unknown. They didn't know what to expect. So there was some sort of like, not excitement, but at least more there's curiosity. A lot, yeah, there's a lot more curiosity. So like people were more open, oh, let's see what he does and stuff. And, but then that season... Also, I think the first game of that season was against Manchester City, and then the next game was against Chelsea. So, which, yeah, and I think Arsenal lost those games, but you could the, see the, the something fan, the fans different. Were, the fans yeah. were forgiven because it was like it was two of the best teams. Yeah, but this time is different in that you know, you know, Arsenal has had an, an excellent preseason, and 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 as much as you know, you don't want to throw too much into it because um, you know, Arsenal has had very good preseasons before I think at the start of Emery's second season I think they played Real Madrid and Bayern Munich in preseason and they beat both teams but then you saw how that season went and then you've seen sometimes they've had terrible preseasons and then remember a couple of years ago like Chelsea had a terrible preseason worse than the one they're having right now they, they didn't win a single game and I remember they lost to uh, to the New York Red Bulls second team that's how bad their preseason was but then the season started and like they won their first five games in a row. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the way I look at it, you'd rather have a good preseason to not only show what um, you you can do and be physically fit, but to also get the fans excited and get them behind the club. Because we saw how, you know, there was a sort of negativity going into the season last uh, year because Arsenal didn't do well in preseason and, and it kind of bled into the start of the season. Um, but yeah, I think people are excited for that first game. Yeah, I mean, well, still speaking of preseason, uh, Manchester United played like two games in two days this past weekend. I think first they played against uh, Atletico Madrid and then against, uh, I think, what is the name of that team? It's, uh, Rio Vant, I think it's Spanish, 
Is it a Spanish team? I can't remember. I, I saw, um, I don't know, it was a newspaper kind of that I saw online that Atletico Madrid um, fought, bit, and cheated their way to like a 1 0 win away. And I was like, that's Atletico Madrid, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. It, 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 I mean, I wasn't able to see the game fully because I was concentrating more on the Arsenal Sevilla game. But uh, Manchester United, I mean, last season. They played against uh, Atletico in the Champions League, and they they had a decent game against them in the first leg. It was the second leg that they lost it, and this I think was sort of similar to that. Uh, Atletico scored. The only weird thing was at at the end of the game, Fred did some dumb stuff and then like kind of stepped on Morata's chest, and then got a red card. Like, what? Who gets a red card in a preseason? Really? Yeah, and it was like oh. the, it was like the last kick of the game. He got the record in like the ninety third minute. What was the point? Jeez. All right. What does uh, I mean? What does a red card in prison? What does that mean? It, you you're just out of that game. It doesn't. Tra- it doesn't <laughs> but I mean, you you do a tackle like that. I mean, you cannot give. Yeah. No. What? It's uh, just a red random. Card. But anyway. And then the next. Uh, and then uh, Christian Harrison came on for his debut for them. And the next day they played at Old Trafford and Ronaldo was back. Mm. And uh, they, I think they, they drew 1-1. It was... Um, the thing I've seen so far in the, their preseason is like their new players are looking decent and some of their youth players coming to the ranks are looking decent as well. So, but I think, but for Manchester United fans, I think for them, they need to like bid this season needs to be like a write-off for them. This whole season has to be about Ten Hag trying to implement his style. True, true. Um, I wouldn't say write-off, but I would say um, they want to see progress with the the playing style. And, yeah, I, um, I don't mean a write-off in that like they could come like fifteenth and just like no, not that. But I mean they shouldn't be expecting like trophies or anything like that. The, the, this whole season should be about you know United Premier. Not starting from scratch, but in a way, it's sort of starting from scratch. It's them, yeah, yeah, refining. It's, the, it's a rebuild. Yeah, refining th- their identity and doing all that stuff, and doing something like that requires patience that uh, football fans don't usually have, especially for a legacy club um, like Manchester United. Yeah, the I mean, huge fan base. Yeah, because the only place where we can see recently that patience paid off was with Liverpool, right. And so and I think that should be an example to uh, yeah, all but the other for, teams. Um, <laughs> you know, clubs, fans, the media, the, n- no one really in practice puts that patience into real life. Um, but, I mean... No, I mean, it wasn't easy for the Liverpool fans as well. I mean, yeah. when the club first started, you, you know, that first half season wasn't that great. And then the second full season was just okay. So they, and then even back then, Club 2 used to make some weird as excuses to it. I mean, so there, there's always that, you know, I guess the, uh, teasing times with the club finding their feet. But it still shows that patience works. No, exactly. I, that, I that's what it shows. Because without patience, Manchester United would not have the legacy that they have. Because imagine if Ferguson got hired today, he would have been fired. Yeah, most teams don't don't have that. I mean, the last person was Wenger that that had that long legacy at a club. 
Um, we yeah, moved past that era completely. Um, but who knows, man? I mean, Guardiola is still at City. Klopp is still at Liverpool. I think for both managers, that's the longest place that they've been at. Yeah, which and surprised me that they yeah. decided to stay that long, especially Klopp, um, Pep. But, um, hey, I mean, I guess the structure was, was good enough. and Yeah, I guess he's enjoying himself and he knows the people want him there and he wants to be successful there. So they're, they're keeping... Yeah, moving back to uh, transfers. Um, so, you know, the Yuri Tillemans, I won't call it a saga, but uh, this one has been going on for a while. He's been linked with Arsenal and Manchester United. And uh, so far, uh, Arsenal have terms completed with the player, but uh, not on the club side, and they haven't put a bid in. So it's going to be interesting um, starting the season because most of the journalists believe that they are, they're trying to get Leicester to lower the asking price. Um but then Manchester United is also kind of thereabouts in the wings. So we'll see what happens there. Even though the player from reports has said that he only wants to join Arsenal. And uh, Leicester um, is, a, is a club that a lot of their players are being linked with moves away. And uh, they're the only club in the Premier League right now that haven't made a single signing. Which is very odd for a club that is uh, well known to do very smart and shrewd business in the transfer market. Um, but the, all their big players are being linked away. James Madison was linked um, with a move away to Newcastle. They put in a bid of about thirty, I think, million. Yeah, but I that saw was that. Re- and then, uh, rejected. Bernardo just said that it's not even enough for just his leg. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that as well. I, I also saw that um, the keeper, Schmeichel, might want to go to Nice. Nice, yeah. And then Wesley Fofana is being uh, linked with Chelsea. By Chelsea. And, and I was like, if they need a goalkeeper, I was like, Arsenal is selling one. I was like, I think they could do a trade, but then I think he wants to stay in London. Yeah. So he's going, he's going I think that's to probably why the Fulham thing. Yeah, I, what I heard is I think Leicester they want to sell players first before they bring new people and i think most teams know that so and but then they want to drive the prices down because leicester is the one that has to do the selling and so they i, I guess uh, they're not in a rush with arsenal and Tillemans, what i heard is arsenal needed to get rid of a midfielder first before bringing an, another one in so and with the word that um what what is uh, Lucas Torreira might be going to uh, not might be but it's, he's going to Galatasaray for yeah, a like five million like I think about six million pounds so that might open it up it yeah it's uh, very disappointing but uh, you know the the ins and outs of the transfer window and uh, how certain deals break down with like Fiorentina and those things um, some of those things that we're not privy to but. Um, at the end of the day, we'll get his wages off the bill. Uh, we'll get Leno's wages off the bill when he goes to Fulham. And um, there's still a lot of outgoings also um, for Arsenal, I think. Yeah, there is for that. The, the one that I found interesting is uh, we know 
that Manchester City has been going after Cucurella from Brighton. I think they put a bit of 30 million while Brighton wants about 50 or 60 million. Mm-hmm. And then I heard is City's ready to walk away from that because they don't want to pay over the odds. And also, I think Cucurella actually put in a transfer request so that he could go to City. But then the weird thing I saw is that Chelsea is going for that, and I don't understand why. Chelsea already have like an amazing left back. I think um, what I've read is that they would have him play left center back because apparently he's able to play that position. So yeah, I, I have heard that as well, that he can play that position. But I still think it's a little bit odd considering who they have in that position. And Kukurela wouldn't want to... I don't think he'd want to go there to be a number two. I mean, I understand maybe if he wants to play Champions League, but... um. You know, it's the the thing with Brighton. I think when Brighton saw that they could sell Ben White for fifty million, they kind of started yeah, to start dig their heels in and Yeah, but they forget that that was English tax. Cucarella is not English. Yeah, that's true. And Manchester City have also dug their heels in and they I think the, um, it's reported that they don't want to go above forty million. Yeah, no, yeah, I heard that they're pretty much ready to walk away. Yeah. And listen, that that that's from a club that has options they they value the player but you can see that city's not going to be um sort of bullied into paying that price which i think is uh, above cucurella's valuation to me he is about like a 30 to 35 yeah, million pound player one good season yeah like they got him for about what 15 million um, I understand that Brian want to make that money, but then at the end of the day, um, it's just funny the Chelsea link because it really just seems like Todd Bowley and Thomas Tuchel are, are looking, and we talked about this them not having a technical director or a sporting uh, head of football or anything like that. It's it's just like, oh, this other club is linked with them. Let's go after them. This other club is linked. Let's. It, it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I mean, I've heard that Tuchel did want like you know Sterling and and Koulibaly, but to me the strategy just seems weird. Uh, well, at this point they might as well because uh, Barcelona is pretty much. I mean, I think I saw a joke somewhere that uh, Thomas Tuchel is a secret scout for Barcelona. <laughs> Maybe because <laughs> they've pretty much uh, stolen their their targets of them, which. In a way, it serves Chelsea, right? They've stolen targets of other teams. They stole John McKell right off Manchester United. After Manchester United, I'd even presented him as a player. He was in a United jersey. But then there was a whole stuff behind the scenes. They stole William from Spurs. Millen had done his medical at Spurs, and after that, he got a call from So they've laid their bed. They're just, I mean, they've made their bed. They're just laying in it. I mean, <laughs> it's the universe balancing things out. I, I, c- I know I shouldn't, but I kind of feel bad for Tuchel because he just inherited a lot of these problems from the previous, from a regime that was already there. Yeah, no, for Tuchel, yes, for him personally, I feel bad for him, but for the club as a whole. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. I mean, look how much Chelsea fans were laughing at Arsenal with the whole Rafinha thing, which, <laughs> fair play, look from the outside in, it's hilarious. Yeah, some part of me was laughing as well because, like, wow. But then to have like 
all this stuff play out, it, it, it can take its toll, yeah. especially on uh, on him because you know he's just there to coach and manage the team. All this stuff is extra. Yeah, and and it, it really does feel like their how Barcelona was copying off of their homework. It feels like they're copying off of any big team that is linked with another player. They're just like, okay, let's. Todd Boy is like, okay, let's just go and get that guy. So. It looks like they could go in for um uh they're going in for Cucurella. And and the thing is Chelsea is willing to to pay above the odds, which is um <laughs> not helping the market. It's keeping the market inflated, but you know, the season's about to start. I can understand they need those players in uh as soon as possible. Um another transfer that I saw that was interesting. Um, uh, Roma is about to announce the signing of uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum, um, which it, which allegedly, but uh, that would be a very interesting deal for them. I still think Wijnaldum is a good player. Yeah, that is good. I mean, they just got the Bala for free. Yeah, which is wild. Um, you know, Mourinho, I think, still has some pull. Um Alex Tellez could possibly leave Manu on a free next month. Um, Tottenham are in talks with Roma to possibly uh, sign the midfielder Nicolo Zaniolo. Um, I don't know much about that player, but he's made about 40 appearances for uh, Roma. So those are the big transfers another one that uh a couple hours ago was announced is that nice have signed um aaron ramsey oh yes 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 i did see that so i mean good luck to him over there actually i i thought a premier league club was gonna pick him up maybe like nothing forest not with his wages there isn't first of all no team even at nice they're not paying him those that those same wages Nice has nothing close to that amount of money. Well, yeah, fair, fair, but I don't know what kind of um, how that deal worked out. Um, but you know, good luck to Nice with that one. Um, I still think he can do well, maybe at a lesser club because it didn't work out at Juventus for him. Um, any other transfers you saw recently? You know, those are the ones that have. Uh gone through that i've noticed uh uh the rest i think they've seen some loans but none of them are usually for just uh squad players and stuff but uh one thing i wanted us to get into is seeing as the season is starting this weekend is to give uh our predictions and i know yes the window is not over yet but then you know once the season starts and then give your prediction no one really cares at that point you yeah, have to, no. you have to give it before the season starts. Yeah, I always dread these things. I, I really, <laughs> I honestly don't like it. But you know, yes, fine, let's do it. Let's get it over with. Um, All right, but let's build some suspense first. So, out of uh, out of the promoted teams and the teams who struggled last season, who are your bottom three to get relegated? Um, bottom three to get relegated. Um, okay. 
So looking at the list of teams, bottom three, um, everyone has been saying Brentford, and I think it's a high possibility just because, you know, that sophomore slump for a lot of championship teams, the yes, second season in the league. Uh, Christian Eriksen helped them a lot. Yeah, now he's left. Um, you know, unless Ivan Tony does a madness and scores a ton of goals, I don't know where I see them. Uh, Fulham have been a yo-yo club coming up, going down. Um, very Norwichy. Um they do have a new manager though. I think they will want to to really like try and stake a claim this year. And I and I think based off of how their previous seasons have been, I think they can do it. So I won't really put them there. Um Nottingham Forest have spent a lot, a whole load of money bringing in Jesse Lingard and you know, paying him 200k a week, which I don't think he's worth that much. But, you know, they have the money, um, which just shows you how crazy the Premier League is. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, Burnmouth, I'm not really that uh, clued in on how well they... I mean, listen, they got promoted, so they did something right. But uh, I just I just don't know with them yet. Uh, but I'll put them within a shout. I would say Burnmouth, Brentford, and um, Fulham. The dark horse to possibly get relegated. But I think there's maybe too much money there. Um, might be. I don't want to say it, but maybe ever. We can finish the rest. Oh, man. <laughs> Why is being so dramatic? I don't know because they're the only other club that hasn't been relegated from the top flight. I guess since the Premier League, not Premier League, sorry, um, English top flight. Yes, yeah, since over the Premier League started. Years besides Arsenal, and you know, so actually, you know what? Forget. So, um, so you think Leeds will be fine? I think Leeds are going to do well this year because I believe that. Um, I think Jesse Mar March has his own philosophy and playing style, and I think he injected something towards the end of the season for them. Obviously, they've lost Rafinha, one of their best players, but um, hopefully, I don't know how well they've done this transfer window, to be very honest. They've brought in a lot of players as well. I think they're the third highest spenders. Yeah, which is crazy, but like I, they obviously don't want a repeat of last season. So he'll have a whole season to really show what he's capable of in the Premier League. And it's not going to be easy, but I think they'll be somewhere around mid-table. Um, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, um, I, I wanted to remove... I wanted to remove Fulham because I think Fulham doesn't want to be a yo-yo club anymore. Whether so, that happens... So, so who's going to replace them? Southampton. Ooh. Southampton. I don't think anyone is talking about Southampton. Like they've kind of gone very much yeah, under the radar. Yeah, they're very much an underrated team, and I mean they have been in scraps before, but then they always just. Well, it's not like they pull away, but it's like other teams just get even worse, yeah. and then they 
they become fine. Uh, let me see. Uh, for my prediction for relegation, I'm I'm putting Bournemouth and Fulham back. I I just just think those teams just, especially for Fulham, it's usually the same thing. They'll get promoted. They will bring in players that they believe are good enough, and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, right now they're getting Arsenal's uh, a former number one. Which, which is a coup for them, to be very yeah, honest. Which is a very good sign. But the you could have the greatest goalkeeper, but if the if he has to face like like twenty shots every game, you, you know it doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah, like that's so. So for me, uh, they're back there. Bournemouth, I, I think I'm gonna go back there. I don't know, I've been wanting to see nothing for his back in the Premier League and yeah, I think they're gonna be this season's Brentford who who will uh who will survive. I don't know, for some reason I think you know, now that I I don't think Leeds are gonna get relegated because surviving last year they've ultimately, you know, been able to be stable a little bit in the Premier not stable but at least they've They've been in the Premier League for a few years now, so they should get used to it, even if they have a new manager. Yeah. And he seems to me, you know, watching how he was, so even his interviews and things, he seems like he has something about him. Obviously, a lot of people may look at him as, you know, a uh, U.S. American manager and kind of dismiss it, but I think, you know, his he has coaching pedigree, so... And from what he displayed last season in a very, very tough situation, you know, let's see how it goes. Yeah, I think that I I think there's gonna be a surprise relegation. So like Everton. (laughs) No, 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 no. not Everton. (laughs) I mean, you mentioned it, which was the Southampton. Yeah, I just think um, at this point, uh, I don't know what Ralph Hasenhutl is doing there. I don't know if Southampton. Because with, like with Southampton, they were they were always a decent team, but then they were always like a selling club. They, yeah. But then that their their academy always produced you know really good players, but then it seems like every other big team is investing in their academy, so they're not really taking you know uh, players from these teams anymore. I think Chelsea have pretty much the best academy right now. Mm-hmm. United have a decent one, so the Arsenal, so the City as well. So we're we're gonna see less of players like, you know, you know, like the time when Liverpool was pretty much just raiding Southampton for their players. We're not gonna see that uh, anymore. And I think that's better for for um, you know the yeah, development you it, of the of the league of, and the young players. You could say it's better for Southampton, but then it also means less money coming no, in. Not not for them specifically. I just mean for the uh, the Premier League as a whole. You know, to be able to develop young players and, and um, fit them into teams uh, from a young age, and you know. Yeah, but yeah. So those are my uh, predictions to go down. Who is like uh, your team to watch? Team to watch. Um, let's see. Team to watch. I would say. 
team to watch. That's a um I I wanna see what not Nottingham Forest do in their first season back. Like I'm I'm very curious. Um I think Lingard will do well for them. Um I'll be surprised. Like I would be surprised if they're in the bottom half by the towards the end of the season. Really? You think they're I mean that I wouldn't good? be that surprised, but Oh, I mean, it's, it's you know the first season. There, there's always something about it's it, you know teams have to adjust to playing a team that they haven't, you know. So I mean, I sort of get it. I mean, they they had a decent run in the FA Cup last year. I mean, they beat Arsenal, they beat Leicester, I believe, and and another Premier League team until Liverpool beat them. Liverpool only beat them by one goal. Mm. So yeah, I mean that, that's a good shot, but mine is uh, Newcastle. Because, you know, this is going to be the first full season under Eddie Howe. And they've also brought in some new players as well. And so, like, I'm just very interested to watch, you know, the trajectory of Newcastle. Um, Yeah, I didn't want to say Newcastle because I feel like uh, everyone is already watching them. Like, so, I was like, let me see who could be more... Under the radar, but yeah, I, I also think Newcastle is going to be a very interesting proposition uh, for a lot of teams um, this season. So yeah, All right. who do you think will be the disappointment? The disappointment, um, the disappointment. Um, I think um okay it's been 10 hours now <laughs> maybe Aston Villa or yeah. Leicester maybe more Leicester to be honest because I, I wanted to say Chelsea, but the thing is, they're just so unpredictable for me right now with everything that's happening Chelsea. with them. Uh, it, well, I, I'm sort of living in the same way. I was thinking Leicester, but then I was like, am I just saying that because of what I saw last season? But then that also could applies to uh, to Everton as well. Well, you know, it, it's, I feel like Everton are already disappointing a lot of people. Um, yeah, but I mean the season hasn't started. It's it's very possible that everything that didn't work last season just clicks this season. And yeah, so still, so for me, it's between those two teams. Well, I, which I, one, Everton and Leicester. Everton and Leicester, because I expect so much more from them. Mm. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Well, well I would say they're the others are just like. Teams like Crystal Palace are just always in the middle. They're always going to be there. I think, actually, maybe I, I should have said my one to watch would be Crystal Palace. Um, because this is going to be uh, Vieira's second season as a coach there. And I don't know how well they've invested. Um, but Yeah, I, I haven't followed theirs as well. Uh, the only thing I look, looked at is their New Jersey, which I think is fire. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't see it. Oh, my God, dude. It, uh, 
like honestly if you take their away jersey looks like someone just took red and blue markers on a white shirt and just uh and, and just drew drew over it but i i think it looks really good oh it did. maybe i did see it no either Oh yeah, I did see that. I saw that. Well, I saw the away one. I didn't see the others. Yeah, yeah, the away one is fire. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I don't know. I, I maybe I, I like the home one better. It looks like, like a kid just took crayons and just like, like. Yeah, but then they made it work. I think I, I like the home one, better in my opinion. Uh, for me, it's between the away and the third. I mean, but what I do like is that it's very different um, from what we normally see. Yeah, you know. it, it's st- it, you see, you still think you still see Crystal Palace. You don't yeah. see, oh, maybe the like. I don't think they've were, had were, such were, an were, interesting design yeah, ever. It, it, it doesn't look like the designers were just being wild for no reason. It yeah. still screams, you know, Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a nice kit. Um, I'll, I definitely expect to see people rocking it. Yeah. So, anyway, so we've done our disappointments, teams to watch. So now we're gonna do our top seven. I said top seven because those are all the uh, European places. Seventh is uh, Conference League. Fifth and sixth is uh, Europa League, and one to four is Champions League. So starting with number seven, who's your number seven? My number seven. Um, I will go for. Hmm. I think, in my brain, it's always easier to start the other way around. But uh, maybe West Ham. Okay, the Hammers. Honestly, they could be six too, but I just feel like competition this year is. Very difficult. Okay. West Ham for seventh. And okay, then who comes in the Europa League places, fifth and sixth? Um, I'm going to go for Manu. Um, Are Manu in sixth? Oh, yeah. I don't know how much they will progress. I think maybe they'll progress more in cup competitions. Um, fifth, I'll go for... Um, hmm. Who will be fifth? I'm not sure. I... I think Chelsea still has a lot about them. You know, they could be fourth. But uh, there's no way I could really put Spurs as fifth because I feel like the the Conte factor is just too... The the Conte factor overrides the Spursiness. Yes. I think that's why a lot of people are giving them a lot of praise. Because we just his track record is speaks for itself. Um, you never know, but um, even putting Chelsea fifth is 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 a tough one. 
Yeah, no, it definitely looks like there's going to be some shuffling going on there. But I still think it's going to be a pretty tight table. Yeah. So, who's your friend? You say United and, what, Chelsea? What you say? Yeah, it sounds ludicrous but uh, to put Chelsea there now. But I can't think of any other, like, because my top four would be... Honestly, I'm going to go for Liverpool this season. Um I, I understand Holland is there, and yes, everyone believes. Listen, they're just too good. They're just going to continue. To a certain extent, I believe that they could they could be doing okay in the first half of the season, and then just pick up some blazing form uh, in the second half. But everyone, you know, has to remember about the World Cup and how that's going to <clears throat> going to affect a lot of the players. That will affect Liverpool as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to affect every team. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I, for Klopp to be there and, and only win one out of the past how many seasons um, and for Pep to have won four or how many have they won? They've won four, right? Yeah, they've won four out of the last five. And yeah. If they win this, it will be the first three-peat. In the Premier League since Manchester United. Yeah, I really think Liverpool just need to do a madness uh, this season um, because Man City have uh, sold some of their important players even though they have brought in reinforcements. That gelling in for new players in a pep system does take a bit of a while. Um, so, yeah, I'll go for Liverpool even though it's unpopular opinion. And then City. Um, so third and fourth is all between Spurs and Arsenal. For yeah. You. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen a bunch of people with that same top four as well, but maybe probably more with City at the top and then Liverpool second. I mean, it, it it's not you can't really go wrong with either of them, mm. honestly. Let me see for my uh, top seven. Yeah, for yeah for seventh, I was thinking West Ham as well, but then I still think who knows maybe, hopefully someone can challenge them for that. But I think that's pretty much theirs cemented, as long as the other teams do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, fifth and sixth. Yeah, I pretty much see United there, and then I I still feel like we're all being a bit too quick to write off Chelsea. Yeah, that's why I was very apprehensive to... Yeah, but it's just that, but based off their window, it it, it sort of makes sense why. It, it's why I always feel like, you know, you can make your beginning of the season predictions, but I feel like at the middle of the season, after the first uh, uh, 18 games, I mean, the first 19 games, at that point, you should be allowed to make some adjustments. Yeah, mid-season predictions. Yeah, but, you know... Uh, we we can't do that right now. So it 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 still just feels weird. But like, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put Chelsea there as well. So I mean, it's gonna be pretty similar to yours. And then I'll have I'll have Spurs in fourth. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I know the 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 Conte factor is huge. But the thing is that Conte doesn't have a great record when it comes to like cups and like you know those tournament style stuff he hasn't 
And I think the only time he's ever won a cup was when he was at Juventus, and uh, he pretty much had the best team in the league there. Mm-hmm. And the last time he got to like final, final, no, I'm wrong. I think maybe in Chelsea's second, his second season in Chelsea, he won the FA Cup. And the last time he did anything in Europe was when he got to the Europa League final with uh, Inter, and they lost to uh, uh, to Sevilla when they won their fourth. To be to be fair, I mean, so be, well the thing that. Conte does better in the league than he always does in, in Cubs. And I think if we didn't have this Liverpool team with with Klopp and this City team with Pep, I could probably see, unfortunately, see <laughs> Spurs. Them mounting a title challenge. Yeah, mounting a... Well, well that's I mean, what they, I was going to say. They, they still can because the this is the first time you could say that Spurs are actually... You know, listening to the manager that they have, thanks to the pull that Conte has, and I could say this is the first time they're rather than just trying to replace players that they've sold, they're actually just getting depth mm. to spend sixty million on Richarlison. Yeah, I mean, I most people didn't expect that, and I think that's what has made people yeah no, take them more seriously. No one has seen that at Spurs. Even Spurs fans haven't seen that before. They they didn't even know how to feel to react about it. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Um, but I I would say like you mentioned the uh, the f- the fact that when he did win the league with Chelsea before it was a it was a league that was um, most of the teams were underperforming. I mean Pep and Klopp hadn't really established themselves the way they have now, and um, the other teams were not. Doing no, I, as I, well I, that season. I, I think you're doing a bit of a disservice to, to what he no, did. I'm, because no, he did he did an amazing job. He, what I'm saying he is He started that, that season really poorly. He he did. It wasn't until a couple of games in. I think it was after It was like I think ten games in or something. Yeah, it was after they got like a a, a good smashing from Arsenal that he switched to a, so a, back three. Yeah, to a three four three. And that's when they went on like thirteen games uh thirteen game win streak. And that's what won them the league. Yeah, but what what I mean by that is th- I just feel like the Premier League is significantly stronger. Oh, yeah, it's way stronger right now. There, there's I mean, no doubt about that. every team, even Manu that, that came six last season is stronger. Yeah, than they were last season. With a new manager. And, and, and I would say the Premier League has the probably the best managers in the world all competing at the same time in one league. So I think... Um, it's not going to be as the same as when. Yeah, no, that's why I said like if those two managers weren't there, then I could see. Excuse me, I could see Spurs, you know, if, really doing something. But with them there, I, I I just don't see them. I mean, because with those other teams, you they they have. I say Liverpool and City have match winners almost all over the, those teams. Mm-hmm. With Spurs, it's just Son and Kane. They're world class match winners. Don't get me wrong, but you feel like without those two, uh, they're, they're even with the reinforcement that they've brought in, they're nowhere close to those two teams. Yeah, and because let's not kid ourselves, the reason why they got top four was because of those two players. They had two world class strikers. That scored them the goals they needed, while Arsenal didn't. Plain and simple. So, but then I, I, I the highest I can see them finishing is is 
is third, but I, I'm going to put them in fourth. And I'll put Arsenal in third. I feel like they're going to, they're, they're not going to like win the league or maybe make people think that, oh, maybe they might win the league or anything like that. But I think the top two is a separate ra- race from the, like, from the other two spots or from pretty much from all the other spots. Um, so I think I would still give it to City to win the league. As yeah, the last couple of seasons, City all, always started slowly. Mm-hmm. And then they will, they will start slow. I mean, like last season, they lost their first game to Spurs. And, and then they'll start slow and then they'll go on maybe like 17 or 18 games w- win streak and then wrap up the league like maybe in uh, in February or March. I think it'll be a little bit closer this year. No, I, I agree. It probably will be, but I still see them edging it. The, I don't think uh, uh, Liverpool... I just feel that Guardiola knows how to handle a league much better than Klopp does. Right. But I don't think Liverpool's going to be 13 points behind like they oh, were no, at no, the no. start of, uh, you know, the, yeah, no, the no, year. No. no, there's no way they'll, uh, they'll be that. So that's it. I still see City winning. And while we're here, let's just give it. Who do you think might win the Champions League? Oh. um, The Champions League. That is just an entirely different proposition right now. But... Uh, I, I honestly feel like the way Barcelona has recruited this season, they're gonna have a really good chance. Um, that is, you know, if all the players gel together well. Um, Real will always be there or thereabouts. Um, I still don't see City winning it. I don't see PSG winning it. Um, so maybe Barcelona or Real Madrid. I think City might actually win it because I feel like if they falter in the league, the Champions League is probably where because I think if they had a center forward like Haaland playing against Chelsea in that game, they probably would have won it then. I mean, that would be amazing. So I feel like bringing in Haaland was mainly more for that rather than just the league. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. I feel I just feel like if they if they don't win the league this year, yeah, it will hurt, but it won't hurt as much because they've been eat, you know, they've been eating good the last couple of years. I c- I could see that I could see that, but um, for me, the Champions League again, those competitions are more unpredictable. But um, yeah, we'll see how that one works out. Um, I think lastly, we should do the. Just run through the fixtures for the upcoming weekend quickly. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So, first game is um, Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. You know, I'm going to go with uh, Arsenal um, 3-1. Yeah, 3-1. Very yeah. bold prediction. Um Okay, on Saturday we have Fulham versus Liverpool. I mean, I mean, uh, probably a three 0 Yeah, it's probably thinking how many goals Liverpool will score. And then we have uh, Bournemouth versus Villa. This is going to be a little unpredictable uh, since Bournemouth just came back, but they're playing at home. 
Uh, I'll go for a 1-1. One, one. Okay, then we have Leeds versus Wolves. This well, one's this very gonna interesting. Be juicy. It's going to be interesting. Wolves um, threw away a two-goal lead against them. Yeah. And, and the way I think both teams play is very... Um, there's an aggressiveness to both teams. Um... So I sh- I'll go with Leeds because they're playing at home, and they'll want to make a statement in the first game. Um, but I don't think it'll be easy. It might be a it might be a a one nil. Okay, then Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest. Oh, this is also going to be really good. Um, man, I I honestly can't predict this game, but I. Actually, I think Newcastle should win it, but Nottingham Forest might have a couple of tricks up their sleeves that we don't know about yet. So I think Newcastle should win it like uh, 2-1. Good. Then Spurs-Southampton. I mean, this should be easy for Spurs. First game at home. Everyone's excited. Conte, um, players they brought in. So that should be like a 2 0. Okay, then. Actually, sorry, that that might be a 3 0. <laughs> Either way, it's a Spurs win. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the last game on Saturday Everton versus Chelsea. Battle of the Blues. Chelsea should win this. Um, you think? I think it's a Chelsea win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like even with them, I have. I still think they'll have Chelsea should win this for Everton. Then on Sunday we have Leicester versus Brentford. Oh, I'm not too sure about this one. Uh, I'll go with a one-one draw. Oh, sorry, two-two. Okay, then United versus Brighton should be. A two one to United. And finally for the first for game day one, West Ham versus Man City. West Ham have brought in some decent players. They got Skamaka. Um and I think like away games like these are a bit of an Achilles heel sometimes for City. But on the first game of the season, I think, you know, Holland, all those guys, um, Alvarez that they also brought in, don't want to really show up. So this could be a um This could be a 2-1 to City. Yeah. I think that's all the games. Yeah, that's all the games for the first game day of the season. It's good to have the Premier League back. Once again, we're back, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Oh, and uh, before we go, we finally set up our uh, Twitter page. Be sure to follow. It's at football by the sea, but it's just S E, not S E A at the end. So uh tweet at us, ask us questions, do anything. Uh looking forward to hearing from you. All right guys, I'm John.
And I'm G-Day, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye.